And we are back with another Black Window Cream podcast. New episode every single Wednesday and Sunday. I am your host, Ben Haggerty, aka Ben Real Verse World. And this is episode 40. Today, our special guest is R&B singer, songwriter, producer, pretty much all-around artist, Aaron Ray. Aaron is a bubbling artist right now, and I'm hyped that we were able to get him to hop on the show. Aaron has had an interesting career, which started at an early age. He was a contestant on the TV show X Factor, being mentored by Britney Spears. He was on the show for two seasons and then got nixed early. Um, And after that, he moved to LA to chase his passion for music. As he grew in his craft, he also grew in his network. This guy went from being homeless in LA on food stamps to writing songs for some of the biggest names in the world, such as Chris Brown, Nicki Minaj, Usher, Meek Mill, Jason Derulo, the list goes on. More so now he's focused on his solo artistry. He just released his debut album, Platinum Fire, and is halfway through his first headlining tour across the US. This is a very fire interview with lots of fucking tips for creators of all kinds. Mad inspirational. If this is your first time tuning into the podcast, you're probably wondering what does Black With No Cream stand for? Black With No Cream is a private content creator group fueled by caffeine, or at least I take my coffee, Black With No Cream, but you can drink or not drink, whatever the fuck you like and still be a part of our community. We are a private group on Facebook open to creators of all kinds, aka if you make videos, if you're an artist, if you're a photographer, if you do marketing, management, editing, dancing, etc, 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 all creators are welcome. Our private group has been growing rapidly. We have a shit ton of members working together by sharing content, asking for feedback, passing tips and tricks along to one another with the goal of becoming the most epic content creators on earth. And you can join our group if you want to by going to bwnc.com slash join. We would love to fucking have you. Please join. All right, that's it. Enjoy the work week. Keep creating. Make sure to tune in every single Wednesday and Sunday for a new Black Window Cream episode. And without further ado, I bring to you my interview with Aaron Ray and the most epic podcast intro ever created right motherfucking now. But I also still haven't finished um, the intro video yet. So right now you're just going to watch me and Aaron staring at the camera all awkwardly. So let's play that. Attention. If you stop this podcast recording at any time, you will die. I don't want to die. Do you want to live? Yeah. You have 24 hours to share this podcast with five people or you will die. I'm kidding. You won't die. You're just weak shit for not sharing. And the winner of the best motherfucking podcast goes to... Goes to... Black with no cream. What do you think? It's so fucking dumb and so fucking Ben Haggerty. I knew you would say that. And we're back <laughs> with another fucking Black with No Cream podcast. Uh, this, is, we're, this is a new friendship for us. Mm-hmm. I have Aaron Ray today, as you can see, or if you can hear. What's the deal? Uh, you got talent, bro. Oh, thank you, On like man. multiple levels, and I've only known about you for a very little bit. Appreciate that. So Appreciate that. it's like tripping on like a little gold nugget, you know, in music, yeah, sure, which is nah. rare. Uh, but I just made you do the awkward stare at the camera thing, which is it's cool. a good way to break it's the ice. Up, for sure. <laughs> I think that uh, with these podcasts, a lot of the times it's like me interviewing homies of mine that I met throughout the you know time or whatever. Obviously, yeah. this is our first time meeting. Yeah. And so you were just chilling in my living room, and I was like, I want to talk to you because it's normal that we should be chatting bef- yeah. like when we first meet, but I would like to save it. So this is like us first meeting right now, yeah. which is cool to me. For sure. No, it's, de- it's, it's crazy, bro. This is... It's wonderful, man. <laughs> nah. I'm sorry, my son's like. <laughs> yeah, he's got his kid here. His kid's ch- chilling over here with the homies. I'm over here, paranoid. <laughs> Dude, that's what I was just saying. I was yeah. like, I watched my homie's kid the other night. Is being a yeah. father has got to be insane. It's insane, but it's incredible. How old's you know your kid? Saying? He's almost two. November two. 29th. He'll be there this month. Yeah, so. Wow. I'm excited, man. He's just getting older and talking and doing all the stuff he's doing exactly right now. So. And now he's chilling podcast side. 
for sure. Spectating? Yeah, spectating. No, but you're a talented musician, bro. Thank you you singer songwriter, you can perform like a motherfucker. I've seen videos, got custom for your kid. Is he paying attention? <laughs> no, you're <laughs> He's good, in you the know. distance. I can't be like, I don't. Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Nah, um, but I just was looking at everything. And you, you make mad videos. Yeah, you have like a lot of music videos. Well, yeah, we trying to. We and then just lately, like a lot of the features have been coming out too. So like, that's just kind of counting as well. Yeah. Right, but I mean, it's like mad visual work. Like you, yeah. you guys are really putting time and energy no, into your for brand. For sure, yeah. Now, yeah, at this point, we we've actually come in like it's been really clutch the last like I guess a few months. We've been really just trying to dish them out. Like today, we dropped. Damn. Yeah, yeah I just today. saw that. Yeah, noisy. Did With noisy. Today. Yeah, yeah. They That's dope. Mirrored it. Yeah, thanks. Shout out the noisy. When did that drop? Like literally this morning. Yeah, this morning. This morning. So that was cool. And then we did the uh, shit. Communication came out. Yeah. Uh, old school came out. And then, I mean, we did we and homies like three times. Mm -hmm. and <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, stressing. So I mean, we yeah, we got a lot of content, man. I'm trying to push. And we got shoot. We just shot another one yesterday, and I'm shooting another one Friday. God damn. Yeah. So yeah. Fuck. Are you signed right now? I'm signed. So Interscope. Interscope. Yes. Shout out to Interscope. There you go. You got the plug, man. Like I, that's what I was like doing. You know, I want to do a little bit of research before we start this shit, and I was like. There is mad content, and it's all within like this last year. You've just been dropping bangers after bangers, and the album dropped in March. March 29th. I think it was March 29th. Yeah, I'm, something like that. Something like that. that What's was, up? Is he good? I'm sorry, I don't want to keep breaking up. Can we raw. bring him up here? Yeah, bring him up here. I don't care if it's easier. Yeah, come here. This Bubba. is the first time we ever had a kid in a podcast. Yeah. This is dope. Pull up, man. I'm gonna <laughs> see what's up. Wow. Say hello. Say hello. Hello, hello, hello. Yeah. What's it like having your pops be a superstar? Oh man, <laughs> Say isn't that isn't that crazy though? That everything you're doing right now is like paving the way for this generation. For him, man, yeah, it's it's crazy, and like just to see how smart he is and what he you know he grasps, you know, he gets a hold on to, and what he likes to do. It's just I'm very excited for him. Oh, my God, he's gonna be like crazy. He's gonna be dope. That is really crazy. So stepping back, like. Um, I always do like a prelude to the, when I, you know, I'll record something before this goes on so people can get an idea. I can name drop all the shit you've done. Mm -hmm. But like your, your story is really crazy to me. And it's cool because it's like what now could be considered traditional in the sense of like you doing TV and doing X Factor and doing yeah. all that stuff. And I'm not trying to talk about, I, I, I click on three interviews with you and everyone talks about this stuff, oh, right? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, for sure. But it's dope. I don't want the coffee to get oh, you. Yeah, um, it's crazy because it's like, that's so rare to like have that jumpstart something, right? Yeah, for sure. Nah, the the whole way I got I guess caught got on, like was pretty weird. Um, <laughs> you were so into this shit. Hey, wait, he's wait, like wait, play. Wait. He's like grabbing the mic. Hey, wait, wait, wait. Mwah. <laughs> Mwah. Oh my god. Mwah. All right, but <laughs> no, nah, the way we got into it, um, it was crazy. Hold on, hold on. He's like, I want to wear it yeah, too. He wants to wear this. So oh my god. If you're if you're li if you're just listening to this on iTunes or whatever, um, Aaron's kid basically just stole the headset. We got and we got the headset. Hold on, Bubba. <laughs> he going crazy. He's going he's going nuts. I w I wish my house was set up for kids so we could get like a. I wish I had like games or something. Yeah, Dang. for we got it though. In time, in time, in time. He's good. He's, he's about to be, He's gonna be so mad right now. Oh my but god. But it's all good. Hey yo, there's a balcony. I don't know if you want to. You can go outside. And yeah, if you want cool. to check it out and see cars. Anyway, Pharaoh for the cameo. Pharaoh <laughs> made the drop. Uh, no, but like being in, you've done. Oh, my girl's bringing out stuffed animals. I think. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I don't know where she went. Um, okay, sorry. So Good, yeah, you you did X Factor and top ten, right? 
Yeah, top ten. That was the second season. Second season. Yeah. First season was something similar. I mean, we did like top twelve. Well, nah, we didn't do top twelve, but we were somewhere in that right area. But we just got kicked off way earlier than I did by myself. It's a shame. Yeah. So <laughs> nah, shit. It worked. It worked. For, That's what I'm saying. It was yeah. it's cool because it's like for me, like I'm from Iowa originally, oh, nice, nice, so nice. and you're Ohio, so Ohio. you know Midwest. Um, yes, sir. Yes, sir. But like being in the Midwest. We like I say this all the time in this podcast, and I think that this podcast is targeted towards a lot of people that are not in LA or not in New York or Chicago, For right? Sure, yeah. Because there's a million uh, Cincinnati kids that exist, and a million kids yeah. from Cedar Falls, Iowa that, that don't even get the opportunity like this, so right? Yeah, man. So, so like to do plus, that, yeah. What when you were doing it, was it to you like this is my only shot, or it just happened to be an opportunity at the time? Like, what was your decision or your mindset? And did you like have a plan that you were setting? Like, all right, cool. If I do this TV show, who knows where it goes? But it is an outlet for me to like grow my name in a sense. Yeah, I think that's what my my mother tried to you know implement with me was like, yo, you do this, you never know what can come out of it. And but at the point with me, it was just like I just started with some show. You know, what I mean, I'd seen American Idol and I'd see how they did like a few of the other shows, and I wasn't impressed. I only did it because she, you know, she was going to audition mom? with me. Yeah, for real. Like I, I sang and I, I went to art school, but I wasn't like, all right, I want to do this for my with my life. You know, what I mean, like I was really just trying it because that was something that they had me do for as a kid. So it was like. You know, I enjoy music, but I enjoy making it the most and creating it the most. The singing thing, I was always insecure with, like, right. especially getting on stage. But um, now back was, then, really, like yeah. during the show and shit. Yeah, even I mean, at that point, like by second season, I was cool. You know, what I mean, first right. season, like I never auditioned like for anything like that. Like outside of my school, which I never auditioned for stuff anyway. Like I really wasn't, you know, like oh, I got to do this, I got to do this. My mom would push me to do the music, but I really wanted to play sports. I wanted to do something else. I wanted to, like, prove to everybody that I could, like, do something else. But I, And I can, but it's like, I just have to, you know, follow my destiny for real. Mm. I, you know, doing the show made me realize that it was like, okay, you can do this. You right. can figure this out. Like, people do, you know, have interest in you. You just got to figure out what it is that, you know, it is with you that's going to cut through and with myself. Yeah. Right. So on the show, was the show set up, the show's primarily just it's just singing so for you was it like frustrating not being able to make music you know what i mean like you're still yeah. making but i mean like as far as like producing and being yeah. able to come through it's just decisions like i learned a lot like you don't have too much control with mm -hmm. those type of things so it's like they're picking your songs most of the time unless you know what i'm saying like you're like a favorite on the show and you kind of get to do what you want but for real it's, it's like it's, that it's just a lot of politics that yeah goes into that i mean like definitely gotta have your favorites because it's a show you gotta plan that stuff out i feel mm. like they plan that a lot a lot of that stuff out but that was like this was like 2012 so this was years back right it was a, i think yeah i was i was 15 and 16 doing that at how old are you right now i'm 23 now okay so, yeah. so yeah the whole system is is definitely you know it's different mm. so but it was like like all in all that whole process was just a big stepping stone for me to just be in la yeah right so because so being in Iowa, like me and my friends would always be involved in music and creating and shit like that, mm -hmm. right? And one of my friends specifically just kills it with singing, songwriting, guitar, all this shit, like mm -hmm. fits the image of like an American Idol contestant and could do it. Mm -hmm. And so to him, it was like, that was his only option. And he tried that thing like three times would get far and then get nixed and like it never worked out, but like mm -hmm. that was it. So he kept trying that and his alternative was like, okay, now I got to try to use the music on the internet and try to release things and try to find creative ways and use like Vine and things like that to try to get a jump. Right. And then eventually, you know I mean? It's a struggle that route, but it's almost like that show could potentially set you up like a jump cut, but is it hard to avoid? Like I see a lot of people just disappear after that shit. Yeah. So how hard is it to like do the show, 
successfully. I mean, it was yeah. a success to get your name out and there and just not be like in a way blackballed. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's I mean, it's hard because like for the winners, like you see, they really don't do much. Like so, it's either if you win, and then you get stuck in a contract, you but you don't really do nothing. Like mm. I haven't seen a, a winner from X Factor or like yeah do anything like but it's usually the ones that get like top three who you know come out you know the best you know with the fifth harmonies and the one directions of the world you right, know right. How that happens but it's like yeah it can make or break you because people just kind of label you as an x-factor thing like you can see on all the blogs they always be like x-factor alum X yeah factor, and it has i mean it's cool because i mean i did do that but it's like you know i'm really like out here producing my music writing my music like i'm not here because of x factor right I'm here because after Talent. x factor nobody was messing with me and i had to figure it out you know what i mean like nobody called me for like a gig or to work with them or to sign me like mm -hmm. everybody else was kind of you know getting their thing but i was kind of just you know i guess it just wasn't my time so then what were you doing i want to go back to the childhood did you say your mom auditioned with you yeah holy shit yeah. So she sings. She's a singer, yeah. She sings. So she sang, you know, all around, you know, shit, the, the States, the U.S. She's been around, you know, wow. a lot. She was in a group. Um, she sings she, incredibly. She's better than me. But she's, you know, she really kind of taught me, you know, what I know. Um, my father's a drummer. He, you know, played drums for New Edition, Bell Biddle, Oh, Bobby shit. Brown. He shit. produced some records himself. So, you know, he did his thing, too. So, um, but, you know. From, you know, both of them, I learned stuff, but mostly my mother, you know what I'm saying? I was around her a lot more. So you, I mean, probably as soon as you could sing, you were probably singing just because Yeah, mom. I was just singing, yeah, because she, you know, she was like, yeah, you can do this. And at that point, it's like in Cincinnati, there's not much to do. You know what I mean? Like, as far <laughs> as like, unless you want to get in trouble. Right. You know what I mean? Like, you want to go get into something like, it's like, you have to figure out something. Right. Or you're just going to be stuck. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Were you doing like. You said you wanted to do sports and shit like that, yeah. so you were probably doing that. I played football a little bit, but, like, I went to an art school, so it was, like, we didn't really have sports like that. We had basketball, which I had to learn how to play. I wasn't that good at it, so it wasn't like I was about to be like, oh, I'm about to be a hoop star. Right. So that's when I kind of started focusing on the music. Whose idea? Was it your mom's idea? And your For the art school? Uh, yeah. Like it was my mom's. Like, my dad lived in Atlanta my whole life most okay, of the time. Well. Like, so, yeah. Um, yeah, my mother just was like, yeah, you should go to this performing arts school. We had lived, like, you know kind of far out at that point but we moved into the city to go to the school with the homie javel over there my bad i'm hitting them there you but um yeah nah um we moved like and i was there for about seven years inside our school and that's where i kind of just you know started preparing for sh shit like x factor yeah like so then for me because i didn't like our school would have been dope and i honestly didn't hear about our schools until i was in college like mm -hmm. damn wait in high school i could have been focusing on shit i really like right is it set up like that in a way where you are you focused on what kind of arts are you focusing on at the time? Like, cause you did you know this is what you wanted to do, or you you know what I mean, I mean like just well, singing a bunch? You auditioning to yeah. the school, so it's like you know, I was in vocal, you know what I'm saying, but I also was in like you know art and then um like tech and you got orchestra and like you got everything, everything. you can possibly kind of think of at the school. So it's like really take your pick, right? You know I mean, so um, were you doing were you performing and shit back yeah, then? I was performing. We had like state-of-the-art equipment like our school is like the new one was like an 80 million dollar building God that they bought damn like yeah they did like an mtv show off of that school off of the school at one point really like yeah like uh called taking the stage or some shit like what's that. the school called uh school of creative and performing arts okay like, uh eventually a k through 12 but when i started it was like six through 12 mm. well no four through 12 but um yeah 
So, yeah, the school, it, it kind of prepared you, but it was a lot more, like, basic. Like, well, not ba even basic, just the, like, the early stuff, like, you know, classical and jazz and all the stuff that, I don't know. I don't think the school really prepared me for, like, this well, L.A. What did you do outside of school at that time? Like, um, did you find that your were your friends and shit? Were you guys doing stuff that would push you creatively? Or yeah, me and Javel, your boy. Yeah, we we even he actually engineers my shows. Oh, for real? He does. Yeah, you know, we go on tour together too. So, but we've been like he was like one of the first people I recorded with. We would mm. go down in his basement and like he would make beats and record us on like Fruity Loops and all that. Like, yeah, like he was the one engineering the stuff. Like we didn't know nothing. Like he was the one that kind of like put us in that little that uh vibe we just rap or sing like i would do whatever because i was just trying to you know figure it out but yeah. eventually i would just sing on the hooks and like we would just you know have fun because we didn't really have like like i said much to do so it was just like it was four of us we all would just rap sing do whatever well i was a singer but right yeah but no nah, that's dope so then after beats and i on my own i made beats i always made beats i always had a motif or i always had like reason or logic mm -hmm. or you know pro tools or something i was always in my own little studio in my vibe in my crib so like just personally i would just work on it every day myself that's dope so yeah would would you were you making beats for other people or specifically for yourself just myself yeah i just wasn't confident at that point like i was young so like i would try to make beats for my brother or like mm. the group you know what i'm saying like our the homies but i really wasn't making beats like that i was really just trying to hone my craft and get it to a point where i, f I felt like and sound like it felt like it sounded like something somebody would want right you know but like i always you know critique myself to a certain level too so i just like oh, i always just be scared to like give people my beats did you before you got an x-factor as your like first leap were you guys doing shows locally or anything like that or just was it just like about the internet were you absorbing the it internet it was like it was more or less just the internet like we did like we would do like little shows like at the school from here and there or like little things and i would perform with my mother around the you know the city you know that's like, crazy so yeah. that would be cool but um like we kind of just stayed in it from doing like the choral events and all the shit at the, the school but like i said like the real work came from just being on a computer screen. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Just ironing that shit out and just being in there for hours, writing songs by myself and just making beats and kind of just staying away from everything else. Who were you looking up to at the time? And did you, musically, as far as artists that you were paying attention to, but was there also, did you have like mentors based, uh, besides your family? Was there anyone else um, besides your homie? And I mean, it was like, you know, I had the homies and then, you know, there's, you know, musicians around, you know, around the city. You know, but like as far as like teachers, um, Mr. Stucky, he was like the jazz teacher. Then I had like Mr. New, he was like the tech teacher, but he did lighting for like, I think it was like Van Halen and like ACDC. Like he was like he did like big tours, right? Just damn. the people who had really worked. You know what I'm saying? Like I kind of just tried to listen to them and see, you know, who had real stories about you know going out and being on tours and being on stage and writing songs. Like I just kind of really tried to listen to them. That's pretty dope that they were installing people like that in the school because yeah. like that's mad motivating, yeah, especially sure. if you're tech and you know this dude actually did that did, shit. Yeah, and it's and, and it was still in it. There's people that was still in it. So yeah, and I think they're doing a better job now too with that. Just trying to bridge that gap from like the old days and how they did it back in the day into now and like what the industry is running this day like these days would you ever go back and uh like try to teach a course or do something like that oh for sure that could oh, be yeah. dope i would like i would love to do any of that i would love to do that right now just go back you know what i'm saying because i feel like every student like like i know kids want to make beats i know kids that go to the school that make beats but they don't have a class in mm. there that like specifically to do that should take classes to be or like you know 
You can have people come through, teach them logic, teach them Pro Tools, teach them, you know what I'm saying, Ableton, whatever they need to, you know, learn. Teach them how to record, record and etiquette. You know what I mean? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, really just going in. Like, right. And having people like me who's, like, in it. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? for sure. Because there are people who graduated with me or, like, graduated a few years ahead of me that are, like, in big sounding companies or in lining companies. They need to be having those students come back. Fuck yeah. Chopping it up because they're working for big like really big like just people like doing sound like he was doing sound for prince one of the homies doing sound for prince one of the people's like it's just crazy, that's crazy bro. like so it's like this they, is in they, cincinnati yo? cincinnati cincinnati the hell? so it's just like these people need to be coming back and like giving back like i guess and then high tech's one of them people too he always would come back and mm. he's a real good mentor that's if that's anybody as far as who's been in it and like you know was giving me advice throughout the years high tech is definitely like a cool mentor around the city and who somebody who stayed in the city and was like really true to it right yeah is your family still like your mom's still living yeah, there? they still out there it's yeah. just me and my brother out here and then the homies right that's yeah. dope so you moved out here how how long after you got off the show turn around and came out literally like, like a few months i just had to go back and graduate high school <laughs> uh, I, I went yeah. back and like a week later i i uh i graduated like a week later i moved out here from graduation so i've been here like six years now so when you when you were planning to come here like what kind of steps were you setting up for yourself to be able to come out here and not you know would not fail fail right away um i didn't know i really like at that point like my way of thinking was just like i want what i want mm -hmm. so as far as like failing i'm in option. cincinnati like how worse can it get? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'm going to Damn. California. You know what I mean? Little, like, live in Little Rock, bro. Yeah, you know what I mean? <laughs> that shit could be worse. Yeah, right? <laughs> Shout out to my Little Rock people. <laughs> hey, man. For real, though. Like, this, this, it's just like, I'm not doing much here. Right. So, why not go out somewhere, you know, and try to prove myself and just try to figure it out? I didn't really know what I was going to get into. I didn't know how L.A. ran. You know what I'm saying? Like, how people did their thing here. It's a, a totally different culture. It's a totally different language, you know and shoot business is different hell yeah you know so did you have leads that you created while being on the show that were going to set you up to like start you know you said no one was hitting you up but did yeah. you have some people that you could kind of connect with when you got out here it's like one like well the underdogs is who i kind of came up under they yeah. were like producers for um la reed at the time on the show they were uh, like, worse and so um damon thomas and harvey mason i i'd always like had damon's number and we you know but i actually ended up at their studio from the other homies like they were just you know producers signed to them and somehow you know what I'm saying through networking and just meeting people I met them and then ended up back in their studio the underdog studio like when I came out like maybe about six or seven months into my you know stay in LA so came around full circle super full circle I mean it, crazy that shit's tight yeah, right it's crazy came I bet that around. shit happens to you more and more it does and crazy. it's crazy it's, it keeps happening a lot mm -hmm. of stuff is like coming back full circle so I'm just like it's helping my patience too but um right I like that nah um Nah, yeah, the, they pulled up, Damon, they would just let me really just practice all day. Mm -hmm. I mean, I wouldn't make, my, my songs really wasn't that crazy at that point. So it was really just boot camp, just being, you know, constantly my, uh, people telling me, like, song's not hot, it's not it. <laughs> yeah. It's not, that's next. not the one. Next, right. next, next, go try that again, write that better. Oh, that, I don't really understand that. Why? Why is this? Why is that? So I'm just constantly getting my, you know my music critiqued and my you know just the way i do things critique it just really helped me i learned from a lot of ogs that was in there just you know 
working every day. J.Q. Smith, Adonis, you know what I'm saying, uh, Dwayne Whitmore, uh, Harvey Mason. Oh, you know, it's just a lot of people who come through there. And, you know, like artists, Genuine, Tank, mm -hmm. Tyrese, all the people, all the cool R&B people they would have come through, like, just always, you know, bring a dope energy into the studio. What, I mean, you seem to kind of have, like, the mentality of you're able to take an constructive criticism or criticism in general yeah but and then regurgitate that and use that to like help you get better was there any defeating moments that you faced like any challenges that you kind of ran into when you first got out here like obviously it fucking sucks hearing someone tell you shit sucks yeah <laughs> you know what i mean no, like for sure i mean it's just like at first you're like what what are you talking about like this is how i do my thing at first that's how i'm thinking but like nah man this there's a way to write a song there's a way to build a record there's a way you know, that they do things here. You know, mm -hmm. there's a formula and you have to learn that. You have to be able to adapt. You can't just be willy nilly writing and you to be on only being on the only one to understand what you're saying. So right. it's just like or the melody. There's always it's I don't know. There's just like there's a way to do shit. And um I guess a defeating moment would really just be just really being told no. Like being you know what I'm saying meeting with execs and not being signed or mm. people you know what I'm saying being around all these people and them not really wanting to like mess with my artist stuff but right. it's like i had to you know what a defeating moment yeah drop it i just drop was talking about this shit yesterday and it's crazy i did a show at i think it was the troubadour is that in la in west hollywood it's like a famous, like famous. It's a smaller spot, but it's like a famous spot. Everybody mm -hmm. didn't like perform that. Right. Everybody's performed that. And I went and I just like, it was a few years back and it was like the homie show. He put me on. He let me like open up or whatever. And I've been doing music. I've been working and I just got up on stage and like to perform my music and just realized like I just was not ready. <laughs> like that is the fucking I worst like, feeling bro, on earth. I got up there and was just like. Oh no, this isn't like this is after X Factor too. So I've been on, You've like, been I've had some stage shit. Like I've been on it, like, but like, bro, I really like was trying to perform my new music, <laughs> and was just like, this is the worst thing I could have probably possibly done today. Like, oh, but shit. it was the best thing I could have possibly done because then I was like, okay, I'm not doing that shit again. Let me figure out my music. Let right. me figure out a sound. I need to figure out how to make my stuff sound, you know, relatable and. You know, I just needed people to like it. Like, right. You know, like. But it all comes down to like a fine mix of yeah. performance and understanding how you're going to deliver. Everything, and man. It was everything. Like, even, like, I got up there and couldn't even, like, connect with a fan. Like, I couldn't even look to people in oh, the eyes. Dog. Like, it was bad. Like, and they were just all looking at me, like, waiting for me to, like, do something. Dude. It's like, my, low key, my first show after X Factor. Mind you, it was a few years. So it's like, Fuck. people were waiting for me to do some shit. Mm. And I was just up there, like, Damn, one song cut off. Like it was like the worst <laughs> shit that could have probably possibly happened. Oh shit! Happened like the songs cut off. The DJ didn't know how to like bring the song back. Like so, I was just stuck up there. Like I didn't know how to like just keep the show going. Improv, improv. Like, I didn't have that many songs to just keep singing. And then <sighs> I just like I didn't practice that shit. And it just really hit me like, bro, you have to be prepared. This mm -hmm. is not Cincinnati. This is not X Factor. This is come with it or go home because these people are not gonna just cheer for you because you look cool. And they'll remember that it? shit. And too. they'll remember that shit too. So I I definitely remembered it. I was like, all right, Fuck. that was trash. <laughs> let me start over <laughs> so I, I started over fuck yeah i so i like when i was coming when i was younger like especially in college and shit like i was making music all the time and i've had nightmares where like some shit will happen where we got to come up and do a show 
and it's that that's my nightmare and i wake up sweating like oh fuck did that shit just happen like exactly it's the worst bro oh man it's like having a feeling like your teeth fall out you know when that shit happens that's like literally the worst feeling damn that'll make you grow up quick and i think if you can handle that 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 hit yeah like you're saying like i'm sure the next show you for sure fucking thought about perform for fuck maybe two and a half years really like bro like i really like that's when i was like okay i gotta find a sound like i gotta find what Mm -hmm. it is because i'm like bro this ain't it Mm -hmm. i was like this ain't it so i stopped like i just stopped and really was like i gotta get i have to write good songs right first let me write how to find out how these people want me to write and then implement what i think is cool inside that shit so that's what i like really started with as a base is like okay find out the formula at which these people are doing it and just make it my own right so then i linked up with nez and rio and that's what kind of changed everything like as far as i heard like how i heard myself nez and rio um they did like pretty flacco too okay we're man right. of the year schoolboy. yeah uh, they're from chicago produced out of chicago they did a lot of stuff yeah, but yeah like they just produce different shit and mm-hmm. i met them you know through the homie mike that was working up at the studio he was this producer at the studio and i started working with nez and rio and like they just make different beats like if you listen to schoolboy q beats they're not like regular beats though like especially from the Chip early bags. days like man yeah. of the year gangsta like mm-hmm. it's just not your typical one r&b right. shit so it's like you never really heard like r&b music over there type of beats so i was just kind of you know trying to figure it out and i was like man i've never been able to write so easy to somebody's track and feel this like you know like good about myself that's so that's where dope. i started like just writing on their stuff and i just would only write on nez and rio beats for a minute and then you know i started you know producing with them and figuring out the way you know i wanted to make my beats and i started doing that too and then i started producing them then i'd meet you know musicians here and that's how i put my stuff together shit yeah. so would you say when you start writing with them did you start placing records during that time like the stuff you were writing was it getting used well actually at that time see that show really just set up everything because after that show like i said i wanted to become a better writer which you know kept me in the studio i was in the studio every day eventually you know my songs started getting better started getting you know uh you know more love at the studio i started working with berg mm. hit maker but his name's berg to me um it's my dog we started you know working and just getting placements i did the like the pink print Nicki minaj shit right uh the favorite shit with him and jeremiah that was like my first like placement ever for real that's fucking well crazy, actually yo. the chris brown like red lights and right now but those were like mixtapes and stuff and i right. started getting like chris brown placements then i got my first chris brown like my own my first 100 percent like writing credit which was dope on like, the k album the road well the royalty album right k, i did the k record yeah, i did almost all of his music videos for the royalty for album. real mm-hmm. damn that's my yeah. guy I don't think he did one again, but nah. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he did. <laughs> he did, he did but, we, uh, didn't, we only nah. did like eight. Yeah, eight. nah, but um, yeah. Damn. I, yeah. So was that that was like one of your first, like at that time you doing the K album? That's like, or the K record is like one of the first places. That was one of my first placements Shit. as far as like my like real like. That's a dope one. A real like label big artist placement like that was real. That was. Were it. you signed at the time or not? I wasn't signed at all. At all, I was trying to figure it out, and then mm-hmm. I eventually signed like my publisher, BMG or whatever, but. Does I that happen, like, say you place a record, does that come right after, like, someone's probably going to try to scoop you up for publishing, mm-hmm. like, become a, you know, what, what, as far as the order of it, like, do you get that first, then they kind of start getting you into the doors yeah. with the labels again, and... Pretty much, or you could just prove it in your timeline, but you mm-hmm. really realize that publishers don't get you placements. So, okay. 
it's not about them. It's still about you. You just kind of get a little bag to be able to do what you want to do and maneuver. And you know what I'm saying? Like, that's what that really was. It just helped me. Right. They're just trying to get you able to pay for my it helped me pay for my artist shit so right when i got that i was like oh, okay i can live because i was homeless like i really didn't have no crib that's what i was gonna ask what yeah, were you like, doing to like support yourself when you got out here because being in the studio ain't gonna make happened. you yeah at one point i was sleeping outside at the at the in the studios upstairs and like the underdog shit like i would sneak up there and just like sleep oh shit yeah i probably wasn't sneaking they probably knew but i was up damn because and yeah, because it was like, I didn't, I wasn't getting no nine to five. It was like, if I'm in there, I won't be able to work. Exactly, 100%. And I'm, I have the opportunity to work every day. Mm -hmm. So I just got to figure it out. And if just I can be here get some eat. money here, like, figure, you know what I'm saying? I got food stamps that the whole nine. Yeah. And figured it out. So, God damn, you know, yeah. like, with, with getting with BMG, they kind of just set me up to be able to, like, okay, I can kind of work on my artist shit. Now I got a little bit of something. Like, now I can kind of focus. And that's when I really, really got it in with Nez and Rio. And that's when I started, like, working on a project in those phases fuck that shit's so interesting because you really gotta i mean you really were on the floor trying to figure it out but that mm. was like years like you yeah. were out here for how many years before that happened before um, you got chris's that that record was like two and two and years a half. You, chris was like two years ago so that was like two and a half yeah. before that so it was like i've been well actually shit, i've been here almost six years it's five and a half years right now so yeah it's like two yeah it was like two years in for two years i was like for real cops I love that shit. I was on the floor of my homie's house yeah. for a six, you know. That's how you got to do months, it. 15 months. Everybody got to go to do a process. Kiddo <laughs> so good. Hilarious. See he's outside? Going, yeah, he just loves it. <laughs> I, I, I got a screen at the crib, so he knows how to work that. <laughs> he's going in yeah, and out, chilling on the balcony. Yeah. Uh, that's, no, that's okay. So you you get your placement. You start making some bread. Mm -hmm. Is that is the first check only coming from the Chris record, or is it starting nah, to come from like different shit, records? I don't even know if I see anything from the Chris from that record. one, right? Yeah, yeah. Because it's like I don't know, like Shit's royalties and back in like, oh, this Translation. is crazy, bro. The business and politics of that is crazy. Fuckery. It's, it's fuck yeah, fuckery is the great is a great word for that. Um, mm -hmm. But as far as it's just the it's up the upfront, it's like the advance. You know what I mean? Like, oh, okay. That's what's you know the bread comes from. Right. It's like writing songs like really don't make you no money if unless you're like a share like a superstar super, you know what i'm saying you're a superstar you're getting like producer check mm -hmm. like and that might not be as big if you're not like a super big producer so it all depends on like the pot and the people you're affiliated with right. and the connections and the but it sounds like you were mad networking like you just became cool with a lot of different people that all kind of played the role of setting you up to win like for sure no nah, yeah it was just me and bird was really just rocking for the longest it was me and him and then i eventually you know i met rod and push and that's he was with interscope mm -hmm. so it's like those are the two main like things i kind of went through like push is that interscope yeah push right he's a he's an a and r up there that's why I was. Why did I just see his Instagram? I think I just was looking at this dude's Instagram randomly. Oh, yeah, for sure. Unaffiliated. Nah, I swear to God. Out here, man. Yeah, Rod's I had, a star out here, man. Yeah. I don't bro. know if I just know. His, I don't know. That's crazy. Rod, he's famous. He's famous. He's famous you are, push. man. I tripped on you on Instagram yeah. and I probably met you before and forget. I'm terrible with names, though. That's trash. That's dope. So. So this starts picking up steam, but for you, you're you're focused on becoming a so like your artist. artist. You want to be an artist, yeah. right? At that point, because I was like, all right, I you know I did a couple of records with Nez and Rio, let people hear, it, and they you know people were fucking with it. Yeah. For for once, people were messing with my artist stuff. Like I got them to like my regular songwriting, a plus. You know what I'm saying? Like 
regular cookie cutter shit that everybody wanted. Like I got okay at that. Yeah. Now it was like, all right, what do you do different? Who is they? You're talking about the people in the studio that you're working people with. People in the studio, the, just the people that need the, to. Be, you you got to get their yeah, approval. Almost. Yeah, you got to get the yeah, people you got to go through. It's like nah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying. So until I did that, you know what I'm saying. It was like, it was I was out of luck until I figured out my sound. I was mm. out of luck for. Real. So when do you feel like? Because you put out an EP, you had mm-hmm. an album. That's it. Is there another project that came out since then? Mm-mm. The album's last thing you dropped? No, I'm about to drop the deluxe edition this month. But what? What are you adding? Like a couple records? Four records. Four new records? Yeah. Um. So when you drop your EP, this was like what? 2016. 2016. I, yeah, that was 2016. I I did it in like 2015. But when you said you were dropping and you were like putting some stuff out, were those records released online? Like people? No, that was just like regular like demoing and demoing, things like that. Listening, like I think I put out a record in 2016. What you? That was like a record called You on SoundCloud, and t- today is still my biggest song on there. Damn, really? Yeah, because it just got overtime. Mm-hmm. It's got so much, and then I'm not like a big SoundCloud artist actually. Right. So it's, it's like you put that record out, and you start kind of crafting the EP. The EP is the first thing you drop. Yeah. And what was the response off the EP? Um, I mean, at the first, it was just like, you know, all my fans from the show kind of died down or, you know, nobody's really checking. So it was light, you know, but it was just like a slow grind, which has been a slow build. It was just like we did a, a video and then like I just at that point, I didn't have my whole like team thing together either. Like I didn't really understand branding and marketing. I wasn't a big presence on Instagram either, which I'm still trying to work on. too. Yeah. But like I just didn't really I wasn't very media savvy. So it was just like. And we didn't, you know, we didn't promote, but, you know, people were enjoying it, like, as far as the, um, I guess, the people we needed to hear, like, the industry. Right. But, you know, I, I went to Apple and, like, Empire put it out. So okay, it was cool. like, they were messing with me, like, they were messing with my songs and through phases. So that's, like, the industry started kind of messing with me after I put out phases. But then when I did my album, like, that's when the people started actually, like, really checking. Yeah. yeah. Wow, that's crazy. That You know what's, like, I, like now thinking about this, like... That TV show, some like it literally sets you up to like for everyone. I bet the percentage is very high of who fucking falls off, right? Yeah. Because it's literally like no matter what, they make you feel they're using you so much to make you feel like you're at the top of the pinnacle, like mm-hmm. this is it, and then you have to literally restart, like Bro, you restart all it the hard, way over. all the way over. They it's got like, doors. That's what it feels like too when you get cut. Like, the first year, I was devastated. Second year, I was cool. I was like, man, I'm so ready to go home. <laughs> but the, like, it's like, that's how they treat you. Like They get oh, what they need. This year, this year, this year, this year, cut. Bam. Go home that night. You're on, you're on press in the morning, 3 a.m., and then you're on a flight. And then it's over. I was at basketball practice the next day. Really? Yes. I went to basketball practice the next day. They shit day. them out, yeah, they man. Did. And they're like, all right, we're peace. And then, they, like, if they want you, they'll sign you to whatever they want to sign you yeah. for and keep you, you know. But luckily, that didn't happen. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I was never, like, caught up in nothing stupid like that. Did you feel like you needed to live up to the brand that you were creating from the show? Because, I mean, were you back then, Instagram was a thing but not but it wasn't as big as it is yeah. today in any way shape or form but like we're using the show like were you continuously like trying to keep those fans cause like even for me I do tour with Schoolboy Q mm-hmm. go do that tour all the TD fans start to love me mm-hmm. and then after tour gets done a year passes by you have like the fans stay around but you see them all fall off eventually or they only give a shit about that yeah then I go on tour with another artist yeah. it's like, so did you see like your fan base 
start fizzling did that fuck you up at all like did that throw off your mentality at all or make you feel like you need to rush anything because what i like is that it sounds like you took your time yeah you know i what mean, mean it was just like i just kept seeing my followers go down like my followers went down a lot like i'm finally i think back up on instagram to where i was when i like from the show from the show wow like but i lost like i swear like maybe forty thousand. like bro i think they put fake twitter followers yeah, yeah. on your twitter bro for sure like so i'm like bro because it's like i seen like my shit just keep going down like month by month month by month and like until now i'm just like jeez like that was crazy it just kept going down i'm like man this is this is bad but yeah it, it it was just like man what can i do about that like i don't have any music out i'm not like well, I really you, couldn't trip at the end of the day. Would you want those people that watched the show back then, not to say you don't want fans, but I'm saying, like, was is that who you are now, musically? No, in, in no way, shape, or form. So, it's like, I'm not tripping. Right. I just, sometimes I wish that I, like, I wasn't portrayed that way, but now I'm like, it shows the growth. It shows of Mad like, growth, growing bro. up. As when I was like watching the videos, yeah. I'm like watching your music videos. I'm like, man, it's just sick. Thank like you, it fits the pocket right now Thank really you, well. Uh, and then you watch the shit back then, and it makes sense of yeah. what it was. It was just like it was just curated shit. It was you know whatever they wanted it to be. Mm -hmm. You know, it was whatever they wanted it to be as far as songs, like song choice. I was out there singing Madonna songs, bro. Like that's crazy. Oh yeah, him. Yeah. If you fuck, that's weird as shit to yeah. have Britney Spears be your coach. Yeah, like, Everyone's probably that's been a thing. You should yeah. have you ever had your mom sing on any of your records? It's crazy. She's on the new records. Is she? Yeah, she sang some backgrounds on the uh, new records. On she the, come out here to do that? Yeah, I had her come out here. That's dope. Yeah, so. Will you ever bring her on stage to do a little thing? For sure, for sure. Nah, I was actually... Dang, you gonna run some surprises. <laughs> <laughs> but, Exclusive! Uh, see, right, right, right. Shout out to my mom. Hope you're listening. Wow. Shoot. But nah, one of these days, for sure. We gonna get that together, for sure. Man, I, I really want her to move out here. Yeah. Then she, we'd be able to focus more on that, too. That's crazy. So, yeah. That's dope to have that type of relationship with your mom, like, yeah. to be able to really, like, I mean, she gets it. She gets what you're doing. Oh, for sure. She actually helped me write one that's going to be on my next project, too. Wow. Like the, the next one I'm going to drop in next year. Like, she, we actually got, like, a really, really dope record that that's we wrote. That's crazy, yo. crazy. That's so. fucking dope for her. Yeah, like, for think sure. about that shit. Like, did she make it on the show? Nah, she didn't. Like, she went she through all the rounds. Nah, nah. It was because it was for me. <laughs> yeah, And then the way, like, she made it through everything I made it that's through. That's crazy. So it was like... On the third audition, you get to get called back. And, like, it's just like a, a judge. It's like a producer thing. Like, you get called and see if you're on the show or if you're not. Like, she made it through all those rounds. She just didn't get the call. Right. Like, to come on the live auditions. Yeah. But she made it through all the extra wow. little producer rounds that I made it through. She's, so, she fire. Yeah, no, she's dope. She got That's it. That's cool sure. as yeah. fuck. No. Nah, yeah. Damn. So, album came out since mm -hmm. then. Because you just toured a bit, right? Yeah. How many tours, tours have you done? It's like three. Well, yeah, I've done three tours since last year. Supporting? First two were supporting. Now I'm on my headlining tour. I'm right. starting back on a November 20th. Uh, no, November 17th this month. So yeah, so what did you guys do? You did like a small leg first and then well, now you continue? I did. Yeah, I did the Her Tour starting last year into this year. And then I, me and Sir did some dates. We did the dates. And then I, I did my own, like the West leg. And then we about to do the East Coast, like South tour. Mm. It's by myself. So, yeah. These are the um, the headlining dates. How's that been? Uh, how was, how's touring? Like, you know, I mean, Same transitioning thing. from before, the last time you fucked the show up to, <laughs> to, <laughs> to, doing na that. to now. It's what was your. It's crazy because I've been performing for like a year now. Yeah. Like, for real. Like, it's low key been like the. I, don't, I think the Mint show was like maybe October or something like that. It's been like for real, like a year since I've been really back performing. So it's just been nonstop for real. Just like doing that and then 
you know, doing like one-off shows and doing like college shows. That's just been crazy. So are you, what did you, what do you do to prepare for your live? Like, what's your live show experience like? How do you, um, how do you focus on that? Because that you said you're building a team and you're learning more about building a team, yeah. visuals and all that shit. Well, as far as like you know the shows, uh, now I'm like I got my band with me. So oh, you got a band? Cool. Yeah, I got I got the band with me. So that's. That's like number one for me. It's like really just showing the musicianship, just really being out there and giving them like a real show. I feel like you can't just be going up there singing the tracks if you're R&B. Like, bro, that shit's so whack to right. me, bro. Like, gosh. That's literally like, like the when worst. I see dudes just going to tracks, and then when I have to go to tracks sometimes, I'm just uh, like, yeah, like you come up on someone's show. Yeah, I'm just like, worse? Yeah, this is so bad because it's just, it's not, it's a feeling like, and I'm I'm like a real like I go to, if I go to shows like I want to to be like a real show. I'm not like. I would say like I'd rather go to a a Usher show than a future show. Mm. I'd rather go to, you know what I'm saying, like uh oh like uh, I go to a babyface show or somebody, you know what I'm saying, yeah. somebody's a real musician. Not that I say it, I don't like that type of thing, but right. I can listen to that on the radio. Literally and it sound exactly the same. Right. Cuz I hate <laughs> when people compete with themselves on their like they're playing their backtrack. They're literally playing the actual record that's, that's on right. iTunes. And then they're going off yeah, the yeah. and you can't like you're like bro this is not tight this is not it so it, i just have to figure out you know a way to make my record sound like the you know the record like the album but you know have a live feel to it so mm -hmm. that's right really you know where i am march just trying to figure out how to um you know put that all together and like successfully like really you know have that band slash you know i guess you know album feel too because right. people like you know people like that sounding like the album they do like that so i just i take pride in making it you know that's dope organic but still you know giving them a piece of the album how did you how did you assemble your band did you know them um, or did you just start linking with music well, you know i'm known six sixth grade he does all my engineering like you make sure you know everything is right mm -hmm. and then uh nate i just met him not too long ago he's been on you know the last two tours with us I oh think. dope and then joe I've known him since he plays bass. I know him since like I think he was in eighth grade. Oh shit! He came out from since he uh, and then Cam. Uh, he's a producer. Uh, he's a real good friend of mine, and he actually he he plays guitar, but he's not like a guitar like you know. I can't say that. I think he's a beast, but he doesn't <laughs> like when I met him. He was yeah. like he didn't tell me he played guitar. He right. was like I produced da 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 da. And I was like you play guitar for me. He's like anything, bro. So I was like my dog. Yeah, there you so go. He understands. So he's he's really really good. Um. I, and um yeah, I think that's that's it. Me, Cam, Javel, Joe, and Nate. Tricks. When you when you're headlining a show, how long how long does your set usually last? Headline is probably an hour. Hour. Hour ten. I'll probably do another song, you know, to come out. But it, it depends on the feeling, man. I'll be out there one twenty if I need to. But right. I try to keep it to, you know, the, the venues curfew or whatever. Right, yeah, all the politics yeah. that shit. But no, it's hour set, nice long set. Yep. Yeah. What's been some of the highlights of being on the road and like you know what a uh, how do you set yourself up to tour you know what i mean like how do you how do you because i felt like when i was playing music and shit we would open mm -hmm. up for people that would come through the midwest all the time like mm -hmm. j cole and shit like that they'd be yeah. coming through and we'd be like all right cool so if we're gonna play the show how do we snatch their fans and make them ours you know what are you doing to build like long-term relationships with these people that come out because you got your fans that come out you got your mm -hmm. fans that bring their friends that yeah. don't know you yeah what you know aside from just putting on shows or anything else that you're strategically thinking about or is it parts during the show that you try to connect with these people that may not yeah. have been fans and win them over oh for sure i mean like i always like introduce myself and then you know say if you don't know me this is my name you can find me here you can do this but mm -hmm. i really just whole show 
I'm just trying to be in the crowd's face. Like I'm just trying to be in it. So as far as like interaction, like that's that's what I do. Mm. I interact with the crowd, and then you know, as far as new fans, I try to give them shit. Excuse me, that they've you know they've never heard. Like I try to do things. Excuse me, renditions that they probably like giving fuck. them like uh, this coffee is going crazy <laughs> right now. This got me fucking going. You drink crazy. coffee often or not? Mm-mm. No. I try to, you know, not super often. Only when I'm sleepy, thing. bro. Only when I'm sleepy. Dog. Um, it's, but um, I live and breathe it. Yeah, it's good though. It just <laughs> messes me up for sure. I um, hear that. But um, shit, where was that? Uh, I got short term memory loss. I forget me too. Me too, bro. Fuck. It's damn. Oh, we talking about tour though. How no, yeah, like yeah, we're talking about how to prepare over. and win them over. It's just really just giving them a show, man. Mm-hmm. Like I just try to go out there and like fuck it up. Yeah. Like, I really don't. I mean, as far as like meeting people, I always go out. And, like, after my shows, regardless if it's a meet and greet or VIP package or whatever it is, I go out and meet my fans. Right. I go out and talk to my fans because it's like, you know, you never know when you're going to be able to see them again or, you know, no, make an impact sure. on them like that or touch somebody. And you never know what that does for them. Yeah. Like, I get messages all day, every day, like, your music's so dope. It's crazy. You never know what you, like, you don't know what you do. Like, you're so inspirational. Like, I just went through the worst breakup of my life and it's just going crazy. Like, I'm like, damn. Nigga. Like It's crazy, right? Fuck. Like, I just made a song. Yeah. <laughs> like, I just, like, I just made a song. So it's like, that's just a blessing. Do, uh, man, that shit is so true. And I feel like that develops, like, uh, just, uh, it, you can only connect so much with people through the internet, right? Yeah, like, in that sure. live experience, it, being on the road, I feel like, opens up way a shit ton of doors, you know? Yeah. So you doing this tour, what, you know, 2000, whatever the next year is, are we in 18 right now? 2019 coming up? Yeah. What are you, uh, strategizing as far as like you got your deluxe coming out do you have like a long-term plan i know you probably don't want to release most of this shit on there but like what's your plan what's your plan for the next five years what do you try to do i mean i'm just trying to i'm really just trying to tour sell records your top tens top fives win some grammys take care of my kids boom make some bread i mean like and you know change change the way you know we got this music going Mm -hmm. i feel like there's a lot of different things we could do to make it better and put you know certain things in the forefront you know what i'm saying they, they keep saying r&b is dead but it's not it's not fucking dead hell no it's just how you put it out, put it out there it's how you present it to the world it's what you put out there so we just gotta fight fight more mm-hmm. for real but i i expect to just be working that's it would you say have you seen like the visual aspect of it my my community is like mad video people mm-hmm. how have the videos helped your brand and help get your name out there or build an identity with your face you know what i mean like Mm. Has have you seen anything from that, or what? Or what are the benefits of when you create videos, good videos? Um, it's, I mean, you definitely see when they like the video and they don't. I mean, my videos aren't aren't that, they're not that big right now. Like, I don't think I don't think I got the big the most views on my video, but people definitely like. The most thing they they get to see is just like, they just get to see the music. I don't know. They just use it as a segue to listen to the music because then they don't really say much about the video other than, oh, he looks nice. Mm. It's dope. It's a cool video. It's cool lights. But they would be like, what song is this? Right. That's how people like kind of get into my shit. So it's like really like, that's what I've been trying to do is just be like in the face and then like visually always have video content because that's how they're just like segueing into my music these right. days. I don't know. It's like if you see something, it's better than just trying to hear it. You know what I mean? I don't know. And it's like right now with YouTube, it's like the user base is so thick yeah. that they may not be on Spotify playlists. They may not be or whatever. You For know what sure. I mean? Yeah, no. Nah. And that's, we just trying to get my videos better. But videos definitely help. I just, working with Instagram, like if I post a video, 
Like, I'm always, I get way more views than what it would be if it was just a picture or whatever. Right. So it's just like, I don't know. Video is just. You got a hair thing falling on your eye. Yeah, this, so like this is what new friends do, man. Where is it just, at? No, it's on your eye. You're on your eye, bro. Just go like this. Like this? Other eye. Oh, fuck. Boom. We good. Now it's on your face. Now, now it's right here. Oh, my God. We this got is it. terrible. It's I coming down the nose. I see it. Too. <laughs> Low key, I see that shit. <laughs> Oh shit, man! This is hilarious. I think we good. You got it. You got it. We good. We back. We back tomorrow. We back. Uh, no, nah, I think I think that the elements of videos. You said it with Instagram. What, why you you could talked about that earlier? Are you seeing Instagram as a way like a? Would you say Instagram is like a better outlet for you versus like YouTube and shit? Or at this point, yeah. But only because that's just how like my branding is going. I think from it's different for everybody. Mm-hmm. You know I mean, but with me, Instagram has been like my biggest thing. Right. Like. It's better than my Twitter. I get way more love on my Instagram than I get on my Twitter. Interesting. As far as the fees. So I think, yeah, I think Instagram is like my biggest thing. Being able to show them like my story. And it's really my story. It's really my, like, yeah, my story is like how people connect with me. Because I barely even post on my regular page. Like, right. As far as videos and shit. What, what would you say is like, so far in your career, your most standout moment? Like, who did you meet that? I know you talked about this, but, like, is there any iconic random moments to you that kind of shake you up to think, like, fuck, I'm from Ohio. I just met this person, and, and the words they said to me changed my life. You ever have any moments like that? I think I've had a lot of moments like that, but I don't be, like, sitting back to enjoy it too much. Like, because I, I, I check myself all the time because I be like, damn, I done met some crazy people. I mean, like, I don't know, meeting, like, you know, my idols as far as, like, you know, musicians, like, meeting the dopest writers, like, meeting Usher and Chris and, you know what I'm saying, meeting Jeremiah and Ty and just the, my the peers in music. That's just, you know, for them to tell me that my shit is dope right. without, you know, having that many fans. Hmm. And, you know, it's not, it's just, I don't know, it's not hype. Like, to be able to be, like, in their eyes is, like, one of them. And it's not because of somebody else told them to fuck with me. It's because they heard it and they fuck with me. It's, I think that's just the biggest moments I've been having. It's just to get the respect that I feel like I deserve. That's the best fuel, too, to, like, push you forward and shit. Yeah. Just know you had that automatic cosign that you created for yourself. You yeah. know what I mean? It's just, and it teases me. Just Really, it's just having patience, bro. Because mm. I'm, not, I'm not the biggest artist. Like, I don't have, like, I don't know. I'm, yeah, I'm not the biggest artist. So, like, when somebody, you know, that is in that, you know, that realm is just telling me to keep going. Right. You got it. Like, it's the shit. That's fucking it inspiring. Yeah, you know what I mean? So. Well, yeah. this shit has been fucking sick, bro. Um, I always ask my, like, the creator community if, to ask you questions. Yes, well. Just let them go. I don't know. I got a couple I posted earlier today. Um, let's see. Yeah, let's see. Let's see. Some of them might have been some of the shit we talked about, so you don't got it. You know what I mean? For sure. Alwa Gordon said, uh, how has songwriting changed nowadays, and what advice would you give to upcoming songwriters? Okay. Songwriting. I feel like, um, it's changed a lot because you can say a lot more too. You can say a lot right now. Mm. You can say practically whatever you want and not get crucified for it these days. Um, I think as far as like R and B, um, and like hip hop, it's gotten a little bit more simple. But then again, like if you look at you know, shoot, like in the seventies, they wouldn't say nothing but baby, I love you, I need you, I want you, I gotta have you. They just said it in a cool, like dope, finesse way. And the music was so beautiful, it kind of drowned out that everything was simple. So, I think I don't know. That's a good point. It hasn't changed so much because I felt like it was a it was a point where everybody just had to be super lyrical and super like, oh man, what is this dude talking about? But right. I think I don't know. I think. 
it's just getting really uh, easier to understand, hmm. you know. And then, you know, some people just don't care about lyrics these days. So, you know, but any advice I give to you is to really just be yourself. You know what I'm saying? Um, study, you know, study the greats. Study the, you know, the baby faces, the Font Leroy's. You know what I'm saying? Study the um, Diane Warren's. St- study, you know, uh, who J.Q. Smith or any of these people who's really writing these records. Just see what they did. You know, study the methods, the formulas. But it's easy these days. You can just go into a booth. I got it. Eh, uh, 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 and it's a song. So. Yeah, it's crazy, huh? I mean, it's a lot of ways it's gone. It's gotten easier, but it's gotten harder, too, because you can say some dope shit these days, and it'll just run right past them because they just don't understand the process these mm. days. We're in a, you know, it. I don't know. It's just really like, yeah, Kendrick, those type of people aren't as, um, I feel like, appreciated these days so yeah not true if you're gonna be lyrical you gotta say something out of this world interesting yeah would you say that has a lot to do with the oversaturation i mean it's becoming mm-hmm. easier and easier yes. and easier every day it, to record it, for sure it's just you can do anything these days like i could be on my phone and if i have the, a dope enough engineer it'll sound all right you, know <laughs> do you mean? mean to record it on your record phone? it on my phone like Fucking you can make voice anything memo, yeah voice memo you wow. can go on garage band on your computer just yell into it if you got like auto, it's yeah, auto tune work wonders. So yeah, yeah, that's amazing. Um, let's see, Nathan. I don't. I always fuck up these people's names. So, I'm terrible with names. Nat, I just want to call her Natty because I don't. Or I don't even know if it's a guy or girl. Anyway, they said Natty Brown or whatever your name is. Uh, after being, let's see, we no, nah, we already talked about that. The X Factor shit. Um, do you still feel like since the rise of the internet? A musician doesn't necessarily have to be centralized in LA or NY um, or any other major city to be noticed or break into their career. What other things may have a positive or negative impact on an artist since the internet has become such a major platform? Topher Dunlap asked that question. Do you feel like you need to live here to be able to make it? No, but definitely helps because one, you're just around everything that's working. Mm. Like there's not a Capitol Records in Ohio. There's not an Interscope in Ohio. There's an $80 million fucking school in yeah, Ohio. Yeah, $80 million. Yeah, but shit, they don't know nothing about Interscope yeah. there. They ain't teaching the right shit to let you you know, know that there is an Interscope out there and you can reach out to somebody. But nah, you don't because a Bryson Tiller can be from Kentucky, Louisville, Kentucky, and go off. Facts. And be as quiet as he is. Yeah. And go off. So, nah. True. You don't have to live here. But it definitely helps. Yeah, I agree with that. I always felt like being in Iowa is like, you can do as much as you want. Even now, there's so many times where I'm here and you have a downtime between jobs or some shit mm-hmm. and you're just like, I could do all this shit from home. You for know real, what I mean? You could. And have, live in a dope crib for what and I spend just, out here. Oh my God. You know what I mean? Yeah, all the time. Oh my gosh. If I had what I had here in Cincinnati, it I'd would be, be insane. such a less stressful person. Yeah. I'd be like, oh yeah, I'd that, probably be it's true though it's like a cigar right now yeah <laughs> sit, my life is great bro. sitting on four acres <laughs> yeah. outside just like looking at your lawn for real you could hire i'd have a big ass crib in cincinnati it would be for sick. sure instead Still of what calm. i got out here <laughs> you ever think you move back hell yeah i want to man i like i really you know go through it every day like should i be here do i belong here a lot of times i feel like i don't belong in la like i don't like my soul like my spirit does not belong here because this like shit's crooked as working yeah, yeah i can work out here all day mm-hmm. but it's like my mind i gotta be somewhere where it's just like a little bit more chill man and it's chill as far as the lead out here but like it ain't chill like right. people aren't chill like it's a lot of people worried about a lot 
of shit they don't have to worry about. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like it's a lot. It's a, a lot of people in your business. This is I don't know. It's a lot. It's a lot for somebody like me who just likes to kick back and kick back and relax. Like I don't I don't need much. Like I don't need the clubs. I don't need you know the. I don't need all that. All I need is this music, my family, and to be able to chill. Right. And make this bread and just be comfortable. Like, all the extra shit is not, like, I don't care. I just want to perform. Right. Damn. Um, Let's see. We got, like, two. We can do, like, two questions left. Deshaun Barnes says, what's a positive? What's a positive to streaming services and what's a negative in your eyes? The positive to streaming services is that you can just, like, I don't know. The positive is you just, it's just easy. Streaming is very easy. For I think it's just the positive is for the fans. Mm. That's just for the people. The positive is for the people. As far as like being an artist, it's cool. Like they just got to figure out how to make all the money you can off of those. Because I feel like They're not. a stream is not an album buy. Right. It's not. But sometimes it's not even a song being bought. It doesn't add up to that. So mm. it's like, it's good for you because you just got a song for like eight pennies. Yeah. yeah, but it's like us is a little different. But streaming, I mean, I don't know. It's it's just what the time is these days. It's just what it is. Right. I don't know. I don't know. Like a, a pro to streaming. I but guess. it's like an outlet. Like, you know what I mean? As far as like distribution in a way that some people may trip on your shit that you didn't plan on and yeah. you might have got them because it was free yeah for sure that's what i'm saying like well it, yeah it does help in a way as far as like playlisting and all that shit like the little shit but i don't know as far as my first thought i'm not like a streamer i'm like a i would like to buy your album at a store type right. of person and the experience of yeah, like the experience cracking, of open, cracking open yeah but streaming is dope Cause there are always you can make a lot of money off of it, but mm-hmm. you have to be like not signed. Yeah, I hear that. The let's do this. We got one. Let's do one last one. Uh, people be asking some obvious questions. Like you think <laughs> I'm not gonna be talking about this shit? All right, this one's good. My boy Travis Lloyd. He says this. What's the most exciting part of a regular day for you? And you can't say <laughs> being in a booth or writing music. The most exciting part about a regular day is handling everything. That, like, if I go to the bank and I cash a check, or if I go to the store and grab groceries, I'm super excited. I feel like my day is just, like, fucking made. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> I feel like a grown-ass person. I don't know. Like, if I go get groceries, I just feel accomplished when I do shit. Yeah. When I'm just sitting, lounging around, like, playing video games yeah. or something. I feel like shit. So, the most... Oh, the most exciting thing about a regular day is just to see it. Yeah, just I hear to that. to see the day, just to be here, you know, because it's a regular ass day. On a, my regular day is regular as fuck. It's like sitting <laughs> on the couch, so it's not too much to get excited about other than just to be there. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? To be there, be there in a the moment. And then usually when I'm chilling with my son, that's like the only thing that really matters. How 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 often how often are you chilling with your son? Does your son live with you? No, he doesn't live with me. No? But like, it's like you see every, him? every other day. Yeah. Know? How often Very are you close. on regular days or on work days? How often would you say in, in a week are you working on music and then doing regular shit? What was, what would you say your percentage uh, is? Well, of? these days it's like I'm doing a lot more than just being in the studio. Like I haven't even really been in the studio this year like that. Like it's been features and like little shit mixing here. But like honestly, um, I'm usually always working on music stuff, whether it's like branding or going to do an interview or 
doing something like i'm usually always doing that right it's very rare these days that i like get to just like chill mm. and not have nothing to do right but when i don't have nothing to do it's like i'm still doing shit like, yeah yeah because like i'll make a beat or i'll mm-hmm. like yeah like it's I never off it's never really off unless i'm like playing a game or like chilling with somebody or just chilling with the homie smoking but i do that when i'm working so it's not like i don't know my days are just like really really like the same yeah i hear that so that's the same for me i feel like it's the exact same for me the uh all right this is dope i love this conversation i feel like the 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 way to end this um would be how can fans find because i don't want to just date this based on your fans but or mm-hmm. about this tour but like to buy tickets for the tour how do they get that shit your website or um, something you can go to the website it's on the link you know uh yeah, my website is aaronraymusic.com slash tour. You can find it there. And then, you know, that'll get you to the link. It's on my uh, it's on my Instagram. It's on my Twitter, aaronraycamp. So you can find it all there. Uh, tickets are up now. Do you have any more LA shows coming up? Mm, no, but I think I got one in um, Dago coming up soon. Okay, but, yeah, right. I'm, I did my LA shows on the, the West Coast. The first one. Yeah. Right, right. But, I'm, you know, definitely I'm. You know, I'm always performing. All All right, I'm going to pull up. Well, good. That shit was fire. Um, I always do this. So if people made it to the end of this episode, I tell them to go to your your feed on IG and whatever your last post was. They just put a hashtag and tag me in it so I know that they listen to it. Mm -hmm. But you got to pick the hashtag. Okay. So... I'm making my own hashtag right now. Yeah, it doesn't... It it can be whatever you want. People listen to some wild shit. Oh, and it said some crazy shit? (laughs) I don't know. Nah, we just going to hashtag... Platinum Fire Tour, right there. Platinum Fire Tour? Yeah, Platinum Fire. Hashtag Platinum Fire. If you made it this far, go drop that shit right motherfucking yeah, now. Go drop that shit. Have like, hashtag Platinum Fire Tour. So we know you're a real one. You're a real one. All right, cool. Is there anything else you want to say, man? This is, um, this was dope. I appreciate nah, you coming through. Thank you. And I just want to uh, just thank everybody that's been supporting me, man, from this, you know, from day one. Uh, this shit's been beautiful. Uh, 2019 is going to be a great fucking year. Hell yeah. Yeah. Good work, bro. Bless my G. Keep it up, bro. Cool. Boom. Bow, bow, bow. That's it for episode 40 with Aaron Ray. Thank you for tuning in and listening. Make sure to follow Aaron on Instagram at Aaron Ray Camp. Um, so you can start fucking with what he's doing. You can find all the social links in the show notes. Visit bwnc.com slash podcast for that shit. Um, if you uh, watch the shit on YouTube, drop a review in the comments. If you listen on iTunes, leave us a review so people know that we're lit. And if you're interested in joining the private group for creators, visit bwnc.com slash join. Merch store is currently shut down. We'll try to get that up soon. We got some ideas in the, in the, in the works for that. So uh, follow us on Instagram, Black with No Cream. Follow me on Instagram, Ben Rovers World. And subscribe to us on every fucking platform possible. That's it. We'll see you uh, every Wednesday and Sunday. Talk to you then. See you next week. You bitch. bitch, bitch.